to another episode of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's taken this show to our friends from the north. In this episode, we talk about Greyhound, Life Siphon, Mickey Toys, and Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beast. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Blake Stevenson. I'm Patrick Hill. So grab your extra suitcase and get ready to claim 30 bottles of real maple syrup at customs, because we're about to board another episode. Where's the kit? We like to kick off every episode by going around the table, which is where we talk about something new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. But before we jump in, you may have noticed there was a slight difference in our intro this week. Uh, Lauren isn't here, and we have uh, we have temporarily replaced her seat with um, a slightly more masculine man from the north. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Canadian Jetpacks and roller skates, Blake Stevenson to the show. Thank you. I'm not. I'm not that masculine. Let's all be real. Though. That's what I'm you, saying. Oh, what, said, that, that was my point. I thought you were saying. Never mind. I you were, you thought I was saying that Lauren was masculine. Yeah, no, I, I was, was saying like, that. I was ju- I was pitching this as how how little masculinity you actually carry. Well, <laughs> but it also depends on what what comprises masculinity. Mm-hmm. Like is masculinity how threatening you are? Because if that's the case, oh. then yes, Lauren is very masculine. <laughs> I would say, I would say, that I just listening to the show uh, from week to week, I terrified every time. Yeah. So <laughs> you've maybe, never been on the you've never been on the the opposite side of her of her threat level. That's yeah. The thing. Like what what hits the cutting room floor from the podcast? Like you, the the four shrieks, the four times screams. she's made Patrick cry. <laughs> I tell you, those didn't make it to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, actually, so that brings up a good point. Stuff does hit the cutting room floor, yeah. which may be surprising because some people may think to themselves, wow, this isn't high quality content. But what I'm saying is like, <laughs> this, this clearly is- couldn't have been edited. They kept all the garbage in. <laughs> no, no, there is stuff that gets cut out <laughs> that even we deem is not good enough. There you go. But I thought you. Were, I thought there was going to be more than no, that. No, that was well. the whole statement. But Jetpacks, is, I'm glad to have you here. Yes, thanks. So welcome to the show. You've been on before, but this is the first time you've been on as a host, like in the hosting seat. So uh, welcome to the co-host chair. In fact, you're so much a part of our regular conversation and part of our community that when oh. we started to record, we assumed you knew what you were doing, and we found no. out quickly. Oh, we need to explain how this on the other side of the microphone works for these episodes. So um, anyway, we're glad that you're here. Um, Lauren is going to critique your your replacement of her in her seat for this week. And so again, you don't want to be on the wrath side of Lauren Rubin. I can tell you that. Yeah, you guys um, are never going to hear the end of this. No, she <laughs> yeah. will give her your address and you're going to you're going to hear uh, but here's the thing. The listeners uh, will also never hear it because it's going to hit the cutting room floor. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine. Uh, beef, Ein. So, Patrick, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what a weird... You know, yeah, I also... Weird. But that's <laughs> what, what I'm saying. Wait, that, what was that's weird? The, that's the type of stuff, though. Like, you saying beef, Ein, oh. for no reason, like... You just you said it in- will be fine. Like the way you said be fine. I, I realize where it comes from, but I'm saying that you have an internal monologue that manifests itself externally far too often. It's and an those- external monologue. It's not an internal. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. It clearly should be an internal monologue. <laughs> no. 
and I don't know why you think it's okay. I don't know that I agree with it because here's the thing. If I'm hearing things the way that you're saying them and I think they sound weird, I'm acknowledging that there's probably other people who are hearing you say beef ein, just like I heard that. And so I'm saying to all those listeners who are like, wait, did he just say beef ein? And then I say something, they go, oh, good. I feel, I feel uh, <laughs> yeah. validated. He's acknowledging that. the craziness. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, there we go. There we go. Thank, uh, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> I was fine to keep it going. You're the one no, who no, no, no. I, it. No, because again, there's other people that thought what you did was weird, like me and Blake. So I, I, I had to acknowledge what you said to make Blake feel comfortable. Oh, well, don't throw me <laughs> under the bus with you. <laughs> Um, all right, so this week is a, a really big. Uh, uh, it's a really big week in pop culture. We talked about this last week, and then if you pay attention to our Instagram, you have been inundated with posts about this, and only in the last couple of hours uh, on record day. So really, we just cranked it up to eleven on Monday of this week. Yep. But this is so specifically today, the day we're recording, is the ten year. Wait, is it today or tomorrow? It's today. Okay, good. We we went through all this last week, and I still which remember. is why we which again is why we posted it today. I don't know if you, yeah 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 that, all this makes sense. <laughs> today is the ten year anniversary of Christopher Nolan's Inception. I wanted to say Tenet so bad, and that was me in my brain saying like, "Stop it, Patrick! Stop it! It's not Tenet." But I finally got there. Uh, Some would uh, say that's an inner monologue that shouldn't have been external. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's the 10-year anniversary of Inception. So as, as uh, in honoring that, Andrew and I sat down today and we watched the film again. Now, is it good? When was the last time you saw it? <laughs> I'm just joking. I love that movie. <laughs> okay. Well, I assume that you've seen it at least once, but probably several times. Uh, yeah. It's great. I, I had not seen... So 10 years ago, I would have been 23. And I, I saw the film in theaters. And I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't have strong feelings about it. Not that, I mean, I, at the time, recognized it was a great movie. But I wasn't at a place in my life where I was critically watching films. Before I was could just, emote. Yeah, I was just, I was going along with the, the flow and the vibe of the theater and those type of things. But there is something to be said that when you watch a lot of movies, it, it's not that you become more critical, but you do start noticing these these little pieces that, you just don't pay attention to, right? You, you start reading into things more and, and recognizing patterns more. And the more you watch, the more critical of a watcher you become. So I, I had seen it then. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I watched it again. And then today, uh, I sat down and uh, uh, watched it. And absolutely incredible. Like, I, I was... I'm just blown away by that film. I, I just remember, like, in the theater, um, the sound was so affecting to me. Like, when I was watching it and like, you know how you have the surround sound in the theater, like there's just that experience you can't get anywhere else. And I remember like just physically being like, what is going on? Like, because those really um, kind of pulsating sounds that happen whenever the rooms are being turned around or oh, like, yeah. the buildings are flipping over their heads or whatever. It's just wild. And I, I still feel like I could paint a picture of like, what is happening during those scenes because they were so affecting to me. Like I, I have the Blu-rays and I watched the special effects of like how they did the spinning room scene like a number of times. Right. Yeah. This is a film you probably should watch on Blu-ray, by the way, because there's a lot of like particulate, like when things are exploding outside the cafe, streaming just can't wow. keep 
can't keep up with that. Particulate like, is yeah. You, yeah, you get I've a lot of <laughs> triple words. You get a Patrick. lot of artifacts uh, in that, and so this is a, a film that I would say you do need to watch a Blu-ray or, or on physical media if you really want to take in all the stuff that's going on. You know, it's it's interesting because in, early on in the movie, uh, I commented on Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance. Uh, him and Alan Page both they felt a bit flat. Like the it was all pretty low key, and the dialogue was. Um, it's not that it was slow, but again, it, it it felt a bit flat. But what happens is, as these performances ramp up into the movie, everything crescendos in such an incredible way. So having the opening or having the early parts of the film feel low-key, mm-hmm. it just adds the dynamics of the film over the course of it. And, and then by the time you get to the end, I mean, I, I found it to be super effective, uh, like emotionally effective. And again, I've seen the film a couple of times, and I still found myself like tearing up at points because it, oh yeah, you know, it's it deals it's with emotionally something. like it's a roller coaster for sure. And you're right, it does it is a total buildup. Like everything about that movie, the performance when and then when they get to the moment where you guys are capitalizing uh, the little spinning <laughs> top, um, it's like unbelievable because like it's like everything just kind of stops and oh, yeah. it's almost like you're at ease, but then you're like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Um, well, when it, it is... happened, I literally said to Patrick, I was like, I hate this scene <laughs> because it causes me so, so I, I, it just causes me anxiety. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, show it, show me the scene two seconds after you stop the camera, please just to give me some resolve. <laughs> like that's the, but you don't need, it doesn't matter. I think that I honestly matter. think that that's like the, the perfect moment just because I love that idea of not knowing. Right. So, yeah. Uh, it, well, and it harkens back to earlier in the film when the 12 people are under in the, like, the basement of the alchemist or whatever his name is. And uh, the, the comment is basically made that they're not going to sleep, they're waking up, and who are you to judge? And so I think that's a total tie-in to the end of the film of, does it matter if he's asleep or awake? <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. anyway. All that aside, this wasn't <laughs> meant to be like an in-depth Inception review. But if you haven't seen the movie uh, at all, you should watch it. If you haven't seen it recently... Go back it. and watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good it, time it, to do that. It's incredible how much it holds up. So, on that note of Inception, by the way, Cillian Murphy, I just I love him as an actor, and I I feel like I don't see him in enough things. I just want to throw that out real quick. I just love that guy. So, on that note of Inception, in honor of the tenth year anniversary, we have released a Inception pin. It is a uh, it it looks like the totem that Cobb has, which is that top. And then, of course, it has a lot between the pin and the backer. There is a, a huge amount of symbolism and detail thrown in. And in fact, it's really cool watching the film yeah. after seeing the pin and the backer and getting to point out like all the pieces where yeah. it comes from. What's interesting, some of the symbolism is on screen for half a second and yeah. gone, right? So it, this is it the. For sure, it for sure let me know how. If if there is gonna be someone to do an inception pin and do an inception mm-hmm. art, Colin was the right person to do it because yeah. you can tell how invested he is in this property, and he executed like it's been it's probably been the better part of a decade since I saw it last. I only saw it once, and it was probably shortly after it came out. And to think that, like I I loved the art just from the standpoint of for art's sake, it looked really cool and it was really well yeah. done. Like it was executed really well. But then after again, watching the movie again, seeing all these things, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you on this little three and a half inch by two inch backer card, 
Yeah. If you stare at it, you, you could stare at it for 10 minutes and find something new that he is that he is Easter egging in this uh, in this tiny little card on the front and the back. Very, very smart design. Like he yeah. absolutely killed it. The pin itself is fantastic. You're, oh, yeah. you're kind of buying two pieces of art when you buy this because you can take the pin off and put it on your jacket or put it on your board or wherever you want to put it. And then you've got this backer card that's essentially like a tiny little art print for Inception, and it's fantastic. That's something that I feel is like unspoken, especially with with pins and like Colin totally nailed it. But as far as like people using the backer as like a storyteller or like a device, you see all these companies that are just like nailing it. I think Nightcake, like I know it's simple the way he does things, but it just completes the package. Like it's whenever you go to a table and somebody just has pins kind of in a jar. Yeah. Like, eh. Now, Nightcake is a them... little different because Nightcake doesn't do custom backers. I mean, he he has his own backer, but yeah, he yeah. doesn't do custom ones for the for each pin. It's his brand. Um, yeah. It's yeah, it's all on brand. Um, but this is like this is next level. Like I'm I'm incredibly proud to be to be to have partnered with Colin on this project. But I agree with what you're saying, Blake, that if you're going to the fact is there's so many pins out there. I mean, it's incredible how many pins oh, it has. It has come to the point now where frankly the uh, nine times out of 10 the backer is what sells it for me as opposed to just the pin itself because like there's a lot of people making a lot of pins and there's a lot of good looking stuff and so the people that put that little extra bit in and or like provide that extra bit of context that tends to be the thing that makes me reach for my wallet so the if you're making pins make backers as well to go along with the pins it's a necessary step uh, but the work Colin did is just beautiful. So art by Colin. Colin did the art for it. Uh, and then, of course, that's uh, in collaboration with the Master of One podcast. So this is the M of One Artist series. This is the first item from the series. It's limited to 50 items. And there are not 50 of them left because we've already been selling pre-orders. So mm-hmm. if you want to get one, go to mofone.network. It's on the homepage of the site. And uh, you can go ahead and order the pin now. The pins will ship in the next probably three weeks or so. So two yeah. to three weeks. Which means um, the pre-order is going to end not in, not in three weeks. It'll end probably in the next week or so. So if you're wanting to pre-order it now, if you pre-order, you do get a bonus. You item. get a bonus thing. Yeah. So, so we haven't said what that bonus thing is, uh, but you get a bonus thing if but you go ahead and do the pre-order. you like the pin enough to buy the pin, and you're 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 happy with that. Chances are you're gonna be happy with the thing because we're partnering with Colin on the thing as well. So just exactly, it just it doesn't stop. So anyway, yeah. this is the first of the M of One Artist series. Again, limited to fifty. Pre-order, get something bonus. Go to M of One Network to do it. You want to do it now? You can pause this episode. We'll be here when you get back. Yeah. Order the pin. Um, and then look for more potential artist stuff in the future. If people yeah. order the pins, if the pins sell well, then that gives us the ability to offer new collabs in the future. Uh, and the only thing I'll say is uh, the next collab we do will not be a pin, but it also won't, it won't be something that you typically see from a lot of the people in the community. So we want to mm-hmm. start like branching out uh, and doing really cool, interesting collabs. But again, purchasing something like the pin, supporting the show through Patreon that allows us to do these collabs with artists that, I mean, you love, but more importantly, that we love. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> we all love. It's good we, that we, we prioritize. It's good that we prioritize who loves what and how it that but, factors know, in. 
It's a good lesson, though, because if you're going to do work, you need to do work that you enjoy. I've been watching. So uh, let me go and just I'll, I'll turn a little bit. I've been watching a lot of Ugly Delicious. Now, I know Ugly Delicious is in a new show, but David Chang. Uh, and if you haven't seen the show, David Chang is the uh, the primary chef that you see. I mean, I guess you'd kind of call him the host of the show, although it doesn't it feels like more like a camera is just following him around as opposed to a hosted thing. But David Chang was the um, uh, restaurateur uh, behind, I believe it's called Momofuku. Uh, yeah. Wait, Momofuku? Fuku? Momofuku. Sorry, I it has, no. <laughs> it has all of those letters together, which is fine. But the idea is that the, the he was running this noodle bar uh, in New York. And frankly, it got to the point that it just wasn't doing well and he knew he was going to have to close it down. And somewhere around that time where he just realized like, okay, I'm going to have to shut this down. So I might as well just forget trying to do the the typical noodle bar thing and I'm just going to do what what I want to do and what my staff wants to do. It became a very organic thing. Well, it became an amazing thing. People loved it. He got a, a really great review and then it took off. So this idea of throwing away the the these confines of this is what you're supposed to do and him just leaning into, well, this is what we feel like doing today ultimately led to him being wildly successful. So a lot of the content that's within Ugly Delicious deals with this idea of, you know, when is it okay to respect tradition, but when do we need to stop being bound by tradition? When when do we need to be okay uh, iterating on something, expanding on something? When do we need to be okay making something that's ugly because it's delicious, as opposed to necessarily having like, mm. you know, like tweezer culture. And again, it's not that any of these things are wrong, but there's definitely types of cuisine and stuff where we, we're skewed so far one direction that we're kind of oppressing the people that are trying to do something else. And uh, it's just fascinating. The topics are all over the place. I mean, it, 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 you would imagine a show like this would deal with a lot of like food heavy content. It's amazing how much like social and political yeah. like commentary there is. Uh, but food is, is that like point of commonality that allows that conversation. You know, it's a, it's something that we all understand so that it, it brings us the relatability we need to have more serious conversations. So I've been absolutely loving ugly delicious. Uh, so I, and again, it's been out for a while. There's two seasons, although season two is, is pretty different in execution. It has a very different feel than season one. It's also very short. Yeah, it's claymation. But I would just, it's, <laughs> it's not claymation. That's the chef show. David oh, Chang, yeah. <laughs> David Chang would look adorable in claymation, though. I do, I do want to point that out that he would be like a really. Cute... I think he's, I think he's adorable as a human is, man. Just he is as cute. is. I was, it wasn't ugly, delicious. He did that other travel show where I think the first episode is with like Seth Rogen, yes. and I was, I'm just like, I could just watch this man do anything. Like it, it doesn't have to be related to food. It usually is because that's his thing. Right. But every time he does anything, I just, I'm in. It doesn't matter. He could, I'd watch him dance. So that show is called <laughs> Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner, the one you're talking about. And I, so I haven't watched it yet. From what I can tell, every episode seems to be like a different celebrity in a different part of the world. But I really know nothing about that show. So I, I've been planning. I just finished Ugly Delicious yesterday. I've been planning on starting that show. Mm. So the, the first episode, I would say, is very radically different from the others. Because the first episode is pretty much just him and Seth Rogen getting high. And doing stuff right. around Vancouver. <laughs> and that's the and then the next episode is like a very serious episode. It's like wild how different one feels like you're watching a Seth Rogen comedy a little bit, and the other ones yeah. just feel so radically different. Well, if you're gonna watch Ugly Delicious, I think the entirety of season one is amazing. There's not a single episode I'd stay away from. 
I did particularly uh, enjoy the fried chicken episode uh, and the barbecue episode. Um, and then I think there's a fried rice episode. Those are probably my three standouts for the season, but they are all such great episodes. So ugly, delicious, but even more than that, David Chang, I'm just riding like this wave of inspiration from him right now of just like giving a middle finger to everyone else and doing my own thing, but then respectfully loving everyone else, but then giving him a middle finger again, (laughs) you know, like that's how I feel right now. All right. That's all my stuff. Uh, Andrew, go ahead. Go ahead, jump in. What's going on with your week? Okay, so my week has been uh, a series of getting things or finding fun things, and so I'm just going to quickly run through a few of them. So I talked about Life Siphon last week and ter- like just said that we, we had it and I was ready to play it. We finally got a chance to play it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, very interesting game. Uh, gameplay and like it a lot like i'm not going to go into an in-depth review of it now um but uh like lay waste the other stuff that i've played from lay waste it's great and the stylization is great learned that i don't know if i said this on the show or not but i learned that life siphon is actually a um a companion it's in the same universe as dragoon um i think i may have said this on the show so i'm not going to go in depth on it but like dragoon the premise of Dragoon is you are playing as dragons and you are taking over. You're, you're trying to get villagers out like Trogdor style, right? You're trying to burn an eight. Um, and then uh, in, in, um, in life siphon, because the dragons have taken over above ground, the humans have been, um, have been forced underground. And so you're trying to siphon life off of the player to your left. And the gameplay is really interesting because of how you have to approach it. You only ever attack the player to your left. You're only ever attacked by the player to your right. And so whoever whoever dies first, whoever's life gets, gets siphoned away first, the player to the right wins. Whether the person to the right was the person who knocked them out or not that person to the right wins. So you can help other people out, help other players out. So it will sometimes be advantageous or behoove you to help out another player just so that a player doesn't die before the person to your left dies. So it's like a really interesting dynamic. Is it? So I, okay. I like this because that takes out some of the, the guilt from board gaming for me. Like I, I sometimes struggle. Like when I know that I'm going to hurt somebody, I sometimes struggle with who do I hurt? Like well, I have to balance all these like social, like all these you relationships in my head. Would not want to sit to the right of Chandra in the in this scenario. You wouldn't want to, and you wouldn't want her sitting to the right of you. So no, no, like, no. It actually says in the rules, like choose where you sit. Knowing that this is the gameplay, choose where you sit accordingly because based on who you're okay hitting or being hit by. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so. Um, anyway, I'm not going to go major. You, why, what is your quizzical look you have right I, now? Blake? I'm just like oddly intimidated by the amount of board game playing knowledge, whatever you guys do with your boards and your pieces. <laughs> um, well, so it is wild to me. And the fact that there's these mechanics that are so, um, I guess like ingrained, like whether it's the, you're supposed to, I guess, strategically pick the person you sit beside. That's that's insane to me. I like it sounds fun. So okay. So wait. I, I just have no idea. Like I'm like. Board so games hold that are thought because because so life siphon life siphon <laughs> entry point in terms of like uh, threat level for new game players is actually pretty easy. Uh, like the the entry point of it is actually the threshold is pretty easy. The next game I'm going to talk about real quick is way less easy. This week we had a chance to really have the first 
good showing of playing Root. Um, Root I is a game it, that we've way. talked about loved many it. times. Root is done by Letter Games, L-E-D-E-R. Um, I think we've talked about Vast before. I don't know if we have. We might need to because we need to have another showing of Vast as well. But um, Letter Games, and I have every expansion they have for it. I've had, I've dumped a decent amount of money into this game and have had like three false starts um, trying yeah, to never get Never played game it. Night. No, never played every it. Bit of it. We did try playing one time, but because the game entry point is so high, every character has a different functioning mechanic, meaning they have different win uh, like ways that they win. They have different ways that they score points. They have different objectives. And so every player has to know that character to play the game. And so the way that I play on my turn is vastly different than how Patrick plays on his turn because it's it's called asymmetrical gameplay. And they do a really good job of having each character play thematically within their own world of what they as a character or they as a faction or a grouping would play as so like it's themed incredibly well it's also incredibly well balanced um because of all surprisingly especially considering how different every character ex- plays exactly so like um i'm not going to go into major stuff on it but it, it is it won board game of the year two years ago and i understand why um, it's very well designed. The illustrations are are charming. They're not. They're like kind of rough, but um, they're charming. They're they're woodland characters, and each faction is a different kind of animal um, or creature. And so, uh, and I, it's really really fun. So you there's don't a have link any to- of those. You don't have game boards out right now. I was gonna say, Blake, this is like you. The only rules that govern everybody would be like. This is what the map looks like. This is how basic movement works. This is what the cards look like. And this is how battle works. Okay. Outside of that... How you engage in battle changes. How you maneuver on the map changes. Uh, what Some people the... can maneuver on parts of the map. Other people can't exactly. maneuver on. Yeah. So like, like the... Yeah, oh, the... and, the, and the, tur- the fact that turns have three segments. Like yes. there's a start, a middle, and end. Bird, bird but, song is the beginning, daylight, and then evening. Those are but each, outside each of that, that, you're handed a mat, and you're handed like a book, and you're handed your own tokens, and then you have to learn your own characters. And not only your own tokens, your each character, ha- each each faction, each group, has different pieces. Like yeah. Patrick's, Patrick only had like, I don't know, 12 little uh, otters, like blue otters. Whereas I have like 25 of these blue birds and Chris had like 30 of these orange cats. Well, then, then I had the marble markers right. to track you had my like prices. The, gla- the glass I didn't markers. get cards to start. You did get I cards I got two to sets of cards to start. Chris didn't have cards. It, like it, it's it's so unique in that in that regard. And in in because of that, it's very intimidating. However, oh, yeah. once, I'm, once you... I'm on- <laughs> You know when what? You I'm on the fence. Here, I was on the fence before you told me about the orange cats. I'm <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> once you uh, once you come here, when when uh, the once Canada starts allowing people to visit uh, America again, and you come and hang out, we will play this, and it will be way less intimidating once you've played it. But to get started, for sure, it's like the barrier of entry is quite high, but it it's worth it. It's the payoff is fantastic. Um, it's really, what is the really guy's good. name? RFTM. Is that who posts the uh, videos? Uh, maybe. 
Let yeah, me, so you want to yeah put a link to that in yeah, the show if, notes. R T F M. I said the two letters backwards. So if you do want to get into Root, there's a 24 minute base video, and then there's for each expansion, there's another 10 to 15 minute video, and they're all the honestly, it's the most succinct way to get everything you need to start playing, and it's a it's a pretty good. It's reference. not comprehensive, or it's not it's not no, exhaustive. It's, it, exactly. it does get you started though. But it's uh, RTFM. That's the uh, YouTube channel. In all of his walkthroughs, he does. I mean, he's my favorite personally. But we, we'll post a link to that in the show notes. If you want to play, that's how you get started. Yeah. So Root, Life's Life, and those are the games I play this week in love with both of them. All right. Two things that I got. Uh, <laughs> Mickey and Minnie Mouse. Le- Lego released a set a couple of weeks ago for pre-order. Pre-order is still open for this Lego Mini and Mickey set, you've seen this, right, Blake? I'm assuming by now. Is that the black and white one? The... No, they're uh, they're the old they're old school Mickey Mini, but they're not black and white. They do oh, have so red like the 30s, and... 40s. Yes, ones but they're... Where it's like softer tones. Uh, n- I think I definitely have seen this because I remember seeing the aesthetic of it, and I was just like, oh, because it's it's in that sweet spot of like it feels like Cla- a classic it's Mickey, classic, the Mickey that I love. Yeah, classic um, Mickey, but not but not vintage not Mickey, and not yeah, yeah. yeah, not Steamboat. So, um, yeah, he has red shorts and yellow shoes. She has red skirt and yellow shoes, and her red hat with the the white and yellow uh, bow or uh, flower, as opposed to a bow, which would be more of a newer, mm, yeah. you know, more of a newer deal. Oh, uh, they're pretty big. They're like this, yeah, that's this what I was big. gonna say. So these characters are. Uh, let me see real quick. Let me just look at the the stats. They are. Large. I can't. Thirteen find inches tall. <laughs> Thirteen inches tall. Mickey is fourteen. Minnie is thirteen. Uh, Blake. Uh, Mickey's thirty-six centimeters, and Minnie is thirty-five. <laughs> there you go. They come with a they come with a retro style camera on a tripod and a book like a scrapbook. Oh, that's cool. Um, they are beautiful, and they are they're articulated really well. Like they don't actually move, but like the way that they have styled the characters, they're not just standing there stationary. They have some uh some characterization to them. Um, they're not cheap. But if they're not also not like super expensive when you consider, I imagine two they're things. pretty limited too. So like they are, well, yeah, they're on pre they're on pre order right now. I can I I purchased one. They do limit. You can only purchase two of these. Mm. Um, but they are great. So if you're a, if you're a Disney fan, you're a Mickey fan, or you're a Lego fan, if you're all of them, then this is like the perfect thing. Um, so go pick those up. There's a link to it in show notes. So the other thing that I want to show you that I didn't pick up yet because, uh, it hadn't released as of record day, which is Monday. But if you're listening to this on release day, depending on what time you listen, it is dropping today is this toy by big boys toys. Um, and it is the Mickey, the bulkies robot is what he's called. And he is in, it is steamboat Willie. In a mechanized steamboat, uh, like mech suit. I don't know how else to to to. I that's mean, that's what a, it is that's exactly. Yeah. So, um, it is the most adorable, fun, weird, uh, like so exploration weird. of something Disney and Mickey that it absolutely has to sit on my shelf. It pre-order or not pre-orders uh, orders for it. It is limited. They've they've communicated it is uh, it's limited. What is fifteen centimeters tall? How big would that be? About six and a half inches, uh, right? I can't do the the yeah. math right now. Based on what we just said, it would be like five and a half. Uh, five and a half. A five inch. Five inch. Okay. Five yeah, that's not a bad yeah. size though. Yeah, it's not the, bad. The um, crazy thing to me is that like just like the detail one, like the big bulky hands with the classic yeah. Mickey hands. Uh huh. But the the shoulders that like look like the Mickey his, ears, his so it's almost ears. like 
yeah. a giant Mickey face. It's pretty cool. And you've got the steampunk style, like steam, like steam pipes behind it, like where the, the exhaust would come out. It's, it's incredibly fun and unique and super cool. Uh, I don't know how much this is going to cost yet. They didn't say a cost, um, but these will be released online on the 15th, which is today. If you're listening to this on release day, uh, limited quantities available. There will be a link to it in show notes, but go over to big boys, toys, underscore HK for Hong Kong. Um, their Instagram, that's where they're doing all of the, uh, that's where they're doing all of the, the advertising for this. Um, but the designer is Foon's creation, uh, creations. F O. I was going to point that out. That is like so cool. Sorry. I just cut you off. (laughs) It's, it's just really, uh, it's, it's really, really fun. So again, if you're looking for Disney stuff, it's, it's out there. There's some, it looks, if you want a reference for it and you do collect toys, it looks like the Huck G Penelope McStomps a lot. That's yes. what it looks like. Yeah. Now that, by the way, side note, fun fact that that toy Penelope, I believe, is was based on Huck's kid. Um, but that's what it like. That's what it reminds you of, like the the overall like style and shape of it. But wow, it looks super. I, I mean, I want to know how it got like passed. Like it's just such a an odd mashup of like two worlds that you would never see come Do you together. Think it's licensed. I don't. I don't. Well, yeah, it is. This, it's 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 copyright Disney. It says it down on the bottom of the image. I just I had that same thought so. of who at Disney. Like I just can't imagine Disney approving something like. That. Absolutely, they do. Think about Wonderground Gallery. You know what I mean? Like they that's have true. a whole division that's not Disney merchandise. So like Disney merchandising has to everything has to stay on, um, like on model and all these different things. Mm-hmm. But they have a whole other branch that that like Disney Fine Art and Wonderground Gallery. They have these other branches, Acme Archives, that has uh, that has access to this stuff, to the license, that they have ex- uh, exploration rights. And so, yeah. Here's my guess. $280. That's my guess. It's only five inches, though. It doesn't yeah. matter. They had to if, pay for the Disney license. If that were the size of, the, of the, the Mickey and Minnie Legos that we were just talking about, absolutely. I would be in totally in... If it was the size of this Ninja Turtle back here that everyone hates... I don't know if you've ever seen this, Blake. You've, ta- you've heard us talk about it on the show. I've I'll heard, show you. I'll show you afterwards when we're done recording. If it was that size, I would say 280 is a is a fair price. I'm, I'm gonna still, go a hundred dollars for this thing. No way. No, they sell they sell their turtles for 120. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. <laughs> Wait, they're selling what turtles for 120? They go to their website. They have oh, stylized Ninja Turtles. Yeah, but those are like big. Though. Those series. are big. Those are like this big. So hmm. I'm just, we can speculate all we want. Yeah. We don't know. If you're listening to this on release day, you're sitting here going, it says it on the website. Yeah, we haven't seen the website yet. Um, but uh, Yeah, so get off our bed. Yeah, come on. Mariana. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got you got her good. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really, really cool. Like, I, I think that uh, I'm going to do my best to, to pick it up, assuming that it's not, you know, price prohibitive or whatever um or price restrictive but it's it's really cool the final thing that i want to show is something that i did get and uh i'm gonna show you him right now oh my god this little guy he's the newest addition (laughs) to the family um this is the uh you're if you're just listening and you're not looking at this adorable screen right now it is the child uh from disney plus uh star wars the mandalorian and it's the mattel Disney pl- uh, or the, the Mattel child. I, he's kind of a plush, but he's not like a full plush because his head is rubber and his hands are rubber. He's got these most adorable, like glossy eyes. Um, yeah. That is and, awesome. I yeah. like want to buy that for so many people. I assume I can't. 
You um, can though. Here's the thing. He's only twenty five dollars. I I meant I thought they were sold out. Like I feel oh, like that's the toy so that sells out. They are. <laughs> they are. Uh, I think we're in round two of them because they had a couple of them at Target. Um, they have a bunch of them that they just rolled out at Disney. So like Disney is reopening. Um, I saw the shelves. They had like several sections that were full of them. Um, they they he's a he's in a he doesn't have any feet. Um, he has a <laughs> uh, he has a sandbag body, so he he stands up on his own. Uh, cool. But his body is soft, I, like it's a squishy body. But he stands up on his own, and um, he's the most and he's life size. I mean, this is adorable. Yeah. Um, when you picked so him up, I honestly thought he might like be animatronic in some way, just because of the way you moved his arms. I was like, yes. Yeah, so his ha- one of his happening? hands has like a like a grabby, like wavy hand. The other one's a little bit more um, like kind of a classic, like mm-hmm. neutral. And if you kind of put your hand underneath his armpit just right, you can kind of puppet him to look like he's waving or grabbing for some. How many How many times have you done this to people? <laughs> uh, enough that um, more than what a grown adult man probably should. But I'm not like I'm not ashamed about it because it's absolutely adorable. One of my favorite things from the sets of The Mandalorian is that Werner Herzog, who, by the way, is a a very well respected director, would actually talk or like give notes directly to the child, almost as though not realizing that this is an animatronic. This is like not a a real thing. But he would like talk to and address the child while he was on set. That's yeah. amazing. Where's it, that footage? Is that online somewhere? <laughs> I don't know if it's <laughs> online, but there's a uh, um, uh, uh, Favreau. There's actually he tells the story, and there's a couple other people that talk about how Werner Herzog would interact with him. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So my my hope would be that uh, you know this this might this might curb some of the the angst and the uh, the the desire to buy the three hundred and whatever dollar hot toys like life-size version oh, which is phenomenal I saw that thing. but this thing is like like when i saw this on the like online i was like oh okay it's cute but seeing it in person it's actually very cute and it's very satisfying to have so i'm gonna have him um around I, for a little bit i so. feel like having the hot toys one is a little creepy like the wispy hair like it's a little it's a little too real i'm sh- and it's not like articulate in any way so are you just trying no the hot toys one it is articulate the oh. Hot Toys one does move. The Sideshow Toys one, uh, or the Sideshow oh, side show. is is a statue. The Hot Toys one does articulate, and he comes with accessories and things like that. Okay. Um, so anyway, you can pick this up. It's $25 from Mattel. Um, he's absolutely adorable. going to be a great, uh, great addition to the shelf. Um, all right, so uh, I'm just going to hand this over to Blake. What do you got going this week? Well, ready or not, here I come. Speaking, I was just trying oh to do a chance. I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, I uh, so this this week I actually watched a movie that uh, has been out for quite some time, um, and to be honest, like I completely loved it. I, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Um, I'm a huge fan of horror, kind of I guess different types of horror movies. This one's more of like an action, but the movie's uh, called Ready or Not, and I think you guys did talk about it, or at least I'm. I don't recall the show you did, but I'm you guys talk about so many things. We may we may have I mean I feel like we probably mentioned it, but we don't know that yeah. we went into like a big in-depth thing on it. But um the thing about it is I don't think so there there is uh I I don't want to spoil anything, but there's first of all that I think if you watch the trailer, everything kind of alludes to what what the whole idea of is and it is around like 
there's this like rich wealthy family and if you marry into the family you draw a card and you play a game with this family most of the games seem harmless the one that is uh, not is hide and seek hence the name of the movie ready or not and then if you draw that card the family uh hunts you down yes um which which is such a wild premise first and foremost um but you have the to con- survive until like until eight o'clock dawn, the next right? morning yeah. or something like that like and just like i'm really into i love the kind of slapstick horror there was a little bit of comedy in this in a way that like this like whether it's the people hunting her down through the movie like the way they react to things or even just the sheer chaos that she goes through you're like what's next and almost the way she reacts to it is so well done um it's dark comedy for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just loved everything about it. Like what is my favorite movies are like the classic Evil Deads, um, like Shaun of the Dead, all those kind of movies. This kind of sits within that. I'd say it's a little bit more serious than than some of those. But overall, like I was just blown away. And then the without spoiling anything, the Easter egg kind of at the end uh, is just unbelievable. I like didn't see it coming and felt so like the movie just felt really good. And having that strong female protagonist as well was so cool. Like I, there's something about a visual of like uh, this woman in her, like a ripped wedding dress with like just shotgun shells across her chest. And it's like, she's just been through the worst thing ever is such a great visual. Well, what's um, impressive too. So the actress is Samara weaving. That's who um, plays uh, grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, a her her performance is incredible. Yeah, like totally. I, I think her performance was amazing. But I love the fact that she, even though in the film she clearly feels like she's just been abandoned by her husband because of what's going on, she totally steps up to the occasion. And so you're actually getting to see like a a strong female reaction mm-hmm. to what's going on, as opposed to someone that just like you know uh clutches around or 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 wimps out or backs away like it's and seeing her develop over the runtime of the film i i thought her character was fantastic yeah totally agreed and for any fans of the oc out there adam brody is in this as well and i his performance was also so great in this like this kind of melancholy don't care like oh we're doing this again you guys are idiots. like it's just very interesting to see that progression of a character too like i you always see him as a joke he did play that here but also almost like a a joke with dimension which i kind of liked it so a joke guy, with dementia yeah with dementia. <laughs> the guy that plays uh fitch which you've just seen it but to remind andrew fitch is like the the kind of stock like bigger stockier brother-in-law he in the previews he's the guy that has the crossbow um, oh yeah yeah I think he, he cracked me up so much. I think all the the best humor came from him like consistently throughout the film. But yeah, I, I was really impressed by it. I don't like horror films at all. I hate them. Andrew will tell you, like when we go to the theater to watch a horror film, this I wear is, a hat. Yeah, this is only, yeah. So that way I can like dip my head down and it covers the screen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the and, way that um, he, he wears his hat like a like an old trucker where it just kind of, he pulls it up in the back and lets it tip down. So that way... No one, no one notices when he just goes, nope, and just tilts his head down have so he doesn't you, have to see what's happening on screen. Have you never been escorted out of the theater with that look? Like you're no, just sitting not, in the back, like a. Well, I don't, I don't wear. No, my when he does it, he puts his hands up here for a hand check. He just yeah. <laughs> no touching. 
No chin-chin. <laughs> so, well, Alamo will let you do a lot as long as you don't talk. Yeah, oh, that's true. Oh. Just side note. Yeah. Um, yeah. Such but, a liberal place. <laughs> but I, I walked away. I mean, I absolutely love the film. And again, I don't like horror films. And it, it does have like a lot of thrilling elements to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I still it, had a I blast would say it, it has some classic horror tropes, but it yeah. doesn't actually follow a normal horror film beat. Definitely, so because yeah. of that, it, it doesn't actually read as a scary movie. It really reads more as a thriller. So yeah, a love, thriller. You love like the a... ending? Oh, I love the ending. That was amazing. Okay. The ending <laughs> almost ruined it for me. The ending oh. for me almost it only only partial only partially, but the ending for me you ha- you really have taken Lauren's seat. Um, <laughs> the uh, you and then uh, and Kreider would be the only other person that I would be disagreeing ah. with. Ne- next um, up, the magicians. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I uh, I it was similar to me, not not to the extreme. So I don't don't hear me wrong here. But it was similar to me as Sorry to Bother You. Like how that took a bit of a turn. To me at the end, it had the payoff that that you think it might have, but you assume it won't is that kind of thing. And it does. And you're like, oh, okay. All right. I mean, yeah. I don't know that I – I'm not saying I didn't like it. I do remember it being very quick and jarring. At the yeah. end. It's just like – It does wrap like, up like this. Yeah, yeah a, which yeah. which I kind of loved. It's it's those like, I don't. It's like an Easter egg ending that I loved from that something that you maybe don't expect at all. Uh, like I don't know if you ever saw. I think it was Safety Not Guaranteed, was a great movie that was, I like. It's a very indie film, but the the payoff. I can't. It's I can't. Safety Net Guaranteed. No, it's Safety Not artist. Guaranteed. No, no, yeah. That, <laughs> oh that no, one. you're you're talking about the one with the time machine. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the the end of the earth one. So that's the one with Aubrey pra- uh, Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass. Yeah, and it's the one where they're trying like they put out an ad in the paper yeah. like wanting to construct a time machine or whatever. Yes, great um, film. I haven't seen that film in like I want to say it's been like four years now or five years, but that's a great film. But it, it's those things where you're just kind of like, uh, this movie's going to end this way, and it just just completely changes your expectations of of the entire thing. And I love yeah. I love that kind of thing. Um, So that was a movie that I watched uh, this week. And I I haven't been watching that many movies because I've been playing so much of the game The Last of Us 2. And I think I have to tread lightly on this one because, like, people do not enjoy being... uh, That's an alarm. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, People do not like spoilers on this kind of stuff. But um, maybe this also speaks more to my love for horror um this is also kind of like a horror based video game and i honestly do not like horror games because the fact that i have to control the moments actually bothers the hell out of me um but there's something about this move or this video game that is so wild because it's not really about like everybody knows that it's about these zombie spore characters if you've seen Uh a trailer or if you've heard anything about this game that's done so well it's really much more about the the human relationships and what actually happens in this world. And um, the scariest part is definitely not these zombie characters in any regard. Um, but even like they they play some interesting, um, I guess, social roles and all that. It's just like unbelievable to play this game. Like I'm not even no word of a lie. I've like cried a few times. I have been absolutely disgusted a million times. Um, You've cried because of how scared you are. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I also uh, wet myself. 
I've been on the verge of tears playing Re Resident Evil before for that reason. Like, I hear there's something eating something, but I'm supposed to walk that way. Yeah, it's see, different than I don't watching like a that. movie where you're not in control. But like this, you're like, oh, gosh, I have to walk down this hall. And as I get closer, the sound of this thing getting eaten is getting closer. I, yeah. I don't like that as much as I love watching horror movies. I don't like living it out in like virtual reality. So I just don't. Th I don't this plays out scared when I'm holding a controller. Yeah, so that definitely that's something to throw. That happens, and that's that's gonna happen. But it's it the story is so compelling in the game, um, and the game is pretty long. I don't know. Did either of you? You never played the first one. I'm assuming. I haven't. I haven't played either one of them. The only thing I've seen about the game that has stood out to me is how beautiful the world looks and oh. the reconstruction they've done in the second one looks totally insane because it's based on actual places Se like Seattle, actual yeah. cities. So um, all that stuff looks amazing, but no, I, I've, I don't even think I've seen any gameplay from the game. Well, the, the first game, Andrew, I don't know if you're going to jump in, if you've, you played it or not. Um, mm, I haven't played, but, it. but the first game, there's uh, a sequence in the first 20 minutes that is one of the most gut wrenching uh, things as just a human, uh, as, as a person who has a child, like I was done. Like, it is just unbelievable. That, that game came out seven years ago. I didn't have a child then. But, I mean, like, now looking back at it, it's just wild to think that they, they did what they did. And then when you get to the end of the game, like, there's all these decisions that have been made, and you both hate and love the characters for the decisions they made because as a person playing a game, you're like, why did they do that? But then as a human, you go, I probably would have done that. Um, and I've never felt that way in a game before because I tend to go with the run and gun, like just have some fun games, yeah. run and, and gun and have some fun. That's, that's actually on the box. Did you um, know that proper <laughs> grammar can be an aphrodisiac? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, it's like a type of mushroom, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> um so the second one like it it kind of does the exact same thing where there's those moments that hit you hit you really hard you're playing you hate the people that you're playing but you also empathize with them very much so yeah and i'm just like and again it's the most beautiful game i've ever played uh the amount of like it's kind of like a treasure hunt of a game too because it's a survival game you're also like just trying to find ammo and like trinkets to I guess modify weapons or do whatever you need to do, but the little things that you find are like the notes in the world that you pick up. I'm find myself like I've probably read a, a small novel of notes, just watching like these notes that people have left for their loved ones or whatever. It's just such an unbelievable game. Um, I wish I could have more of a social like commentary about it, like talk deeper, but I imagine many people would hate me yeah, and you guys like, wouldn't even contribute to it. You have to wait. <laughs> uh, you have to wait seven years uh, and then you can, you can do it. So you this, don't have to worry about spoilers. So I don't know that I'm going to like go out and buy the game. This makes me, I, I don't know, like try to find some type of like video of cutscenes or something to watch through or, or uh, like this is making me super interested in it. Uh, I would again, totally, I, say like watch somebody like you can go on youtube now watch the first game and you can just say like i want to watch the cutscenes. that's it um yeah. i would strongly say like watch the first 20 minutes of gameplay of the first one then you can just get cutscenes for the rest yeah. um it is just wild though it's so cinematic like it's it is 
the closest you're ever going to get to playing a movie. Well, and on that note, who would you cast for the, the male role? The female role's clearly taken, but who would you cast? Well, no, they're not because the ages are totally different. So who would you cast for like the male and the female in Last of Us? Oh, I, I don't even, like, honestly, I find it hard to answer that question because I know, I'm not even that excited about the TV show because this is kind of the perfect medium for this thing. And so you don't um, want to like bastardize it by yeah. by doing more than has been done. I just don't think it can actually be done because the amount of like you're you are these characters in those moments, whether you hate the actions they're doing or not. Um, it's just so interesting. I've never felt that from a game because the only other like super cinematic game I've ever played is probably uh, like Uncharted, which is kind of like right. your Indiana Jones esque game. Um, and this is by the same people. But it is such a different game. Like I would, the gameplay is really good like that. But there is something about the emotional roller coaster it takes you on that is is to be admired. All right. So that was your week. That was that is an emotional week. Okay. <laughs> well, then at that we will take it into our categories. <laughs> Every week, our categories are when we get to talk about something in the pop culture sphere that is either new to the world or new to us, uh, and uh, we're talking about it. So, Blake, because you ended us off, why don't you kick us off for this time? I have such a dry mouth, though. What are you doing to me? Okay. <laughs> I'm just uh, take a swig of a drink, and then we'll clap, and I'm, then you can come back. I'm here. just joking. Okay. Um, I, uh, so, I did want to bring this to you. So, bone to pick with, uh, with Andrew, solely because... A few weeks ago, I was texting him while we were on Instagram, and I was like, have you checked out the show yet? I think you had just um, reviewed Glitch Text and said how much you loved it. Yeah. And then I'm like, hey, I want to watch Glitch Text. And to be fair, I haven't watched. I've watched the first episode of Glitch Text. <laughs> I can't but, wait for this but, bone to pick. I can't wait. Okay, but I have watched on. the first episode. Should have left that part out, but go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's the honesty in me. Okay. Um, and uh, so then I was like, have you watched the show? And you're like, oh, I need something to watch. I will like get on it or whatever. And then I explained what it was. And that thing that I'm talking about is Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beast, which is a DreamWorks animated um, show on Netflix. And from what I, I'm pretty sure it's based off a web comic that has been taken down since the show has gone up. I believe they're um, called Womics. Womic? <laughs> oh, I love Womics. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Um, and <laughs> jeez. Um, and the, the thing about this show is that it is like w- animation and everything aside, I, I have the synopsis up here because I think it's probably better at explaining what this show is. Cause it is just like, it is such an interesting show. It almost reminds me of a slightly more adult adventure time an an episodic adventure time with like maybe a, a more heartfelt story at some adventure time. People will probably kill me for saying that, but yeah. Um, it says the series follows a girl called Kipo who is searching for her father after being forced to flee from her underground burrow and must explore the post-apocalyptic surface world ruled by mutated animals to find him. Along the way, she befriends human survivor Wolf and Benson and the mutant animals Dave and Mandu, which Mandu is a four-eyed pig. And Dave is a constantly evolving uh, bug creature. So like... They're hanging. The world is so colorful and wild. 
Um, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. It's like kind of edgy. Do you remember the cartoon on HBO Boondocks? Yeah. 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 Animation style seems similar to that, but that was very dark. This is like that on like, I don't know, color vomit. Um, And it is like the wildest blues and, and purple color palettes, but the character, the characters in it are just unbelievable. This Dave character is, like I said, he's going through this constant evolution streak. So like he's going from this chrysalis state to um, a teenager to like all throughout like battles. And he always like evolves in the middle of the worst time. So like he'll just kind of like turn into a decrepit old bug character as they're in the middle of a fight. Sure. Um, as one does. It's, it's like. <laughs> the I've world... been through puberty. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we, we've all been there. Um, and they're like. The main character, Kipo, is like this girl who's lived in shelter for all these years um, away from this kind of post-apocalyptic like landscape. So one of the first scenes, she kind of comes out of this storm drain because she's been flushed out of her hiding away from this post-apocalyptic world to this rabbit who is like a giant Godzilla-esque rabbit with like six legs six ears four eyes like but it's also adorable at the same time so they i think i heard like a a bit of a synopsis of like what they wanted to do in this show and it was almost this idea of they wanted to make a world where everything was so cute but it could destroy you (laughs) and i i thought that that idea i don't know if even that harkens to the art it's like a nursery Yeah, like going to a nursery. (laughs) They're all just adorable. They're adorable, but they they can destroy. Oh, they throw knives so well. (laughs) Um, And the the other thing that I think, because I know um, Andrew, you really enjoy soundtracks. Um, The soundtrack of this is also unbelievable. One of the classic tracks in it uh, is a hip hop track by Jizza from Wu Tang Clan and John Hodgman. Um, they're John both, Hodgman. Yeah. What? <laughs> and they're both rapping. Um, I think they're rapping wolves, and it is just so well done. Um, the main theme song is kind of this uh, super kind of epic EDM, uh, ambient EDM kind of track. There's a lot of like really interesting. There's this like folktale ballad that blew my mind about their this this like clan of cat people who uh, lost their um, I guess their leader, who is Yumyun Hammerpaw, and they sing this like folklore tale of this cat who has been lost, and the the way they sum it all up, and how that episode ends is just so good. Like every storyline for every episode, and it's episodic, so it also kind of reminds me like Adventure Time mixed with um, what uh, like almost Avatar: the Last Airbender because it's such an epic journey at the same time. Yeah. Um, so it sounds fascinating. All, by the way, all you had to tell Andrew was that Sterling K Brown is in it. Yeah. That's all you had to say. And then Andrew would be sold. I don't even know if I know who that is. (laughs) Sterling K Brown is a man who is aging like a fine dark wine. I'll tell you that he is a slice of beef that I would have with any roasted vegetable. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) You've you've seen, you know, is that the guy from, the um this is us this is us yes yeah. Oh, yeah. okay okay he oh, i so i read right. an article <laughs> i read an article in men's health um from him that uh he is 
he is he wants to live past a hundred. He wants to be uh, a, a centennialist, and he has this workout regimen to get him there. And it's it is inspiring to say the least. But that is a handsome, handsome, talented man. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm the type of person that looks better with more clothes on. <laughs> he is the other type of person. Uh, he, yes, yeah. He he's one of those people who, when he takes his clothes off, you're like, "Why do you ever wear clothes?" Like, yeah, it seems keep like going. you maybe get a pass in 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 just in the public for just being yeah. the way that you are. When he takes his shirt off, people say, "Give that to Patrick." Maybe he can drape that over his face. He says, "Yeah, he says he's wearing a shirt already," and they say, "We know." Oh no. <laughs> So I now that I know who that is, yes, I agree with everything you're saying. Also, no shirt. Um, his voice <laughs> is unbelievable, too. It he, is, yeah. Like, he plays, so he plays the father in the episode. Um, and, like, honestly, he, he's, I don't recall him being in the episode that much, or the, the show that much, but it's one of the most colorful shows I've seen. And if you like a good epic story with absolute nonsense and bizarreties, like, everywhere, um, Jump jump into it. It is one of the most creative shows I've seen in a long Plus time. Plus the title block looks super cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, even the intro for each show, like before the actual title comes up, they kind of spell out the title in the environment before it pops up. And the way they do it, it's always like really creative and interesting. Um, I'm just like in love with this show. And oh, to bring it up, I like I watched the first season. I've been uh, holding off because the second season just released on Netflix. Okay. Uh, now you got two seasons. So, so here's so I went back um, because you were throwing some some decent. You definitely got off track from throwing shade, but you had intended to throw some shade. So I went back and I and I looked at how our text thread actually went. Can, okay. It actually transpired. I said, <laughs> you said you definitely need to check this out on Netflix, and I said, cool, I'll add it to my list. I didn't say I need something to watch. There is a thousand things in the world to watch right now. So just so we're clear, I have, just, not, I have not broken any sort of arrangement that you and I had made verbal well, or otherwise. <laughs> I, I guess I just did not anticipate how long the list could be. Oh, that I list. assumed when Blake brings you things, the list gets shorter. Oh, so what I, I do is I <laughs> like there is no list. That's his way of letting you down gently. That no, was there's his a, way of saying, yeah. never going to watch that. Yeah. I'll put it, I'll on, put the it on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're going to go ahead and cut that out, Patrick, because now everybody will know when I say I'm adding it to the no, list. This is not get cut out. It's time for people to know. Uh, gosh. Um, and, no. Anyways, so anyway, if you're going to throw shade, at least come with the proper language that was well, spoken. I'm, I hope my explanation of it uh, took it off your list and put it in your queue. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I'll tell you what. I'll watch it because of what you just said. Because of that line, that That's one it? smart marketing line you just had. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna give it a chance. It. I the, honestly, when you got about 15 words into explaining it, I thought he absolutely is replacing Lauren for this episode, bringing some <laughs> so like out there, crazy, weird stuff. Um, I thought it was a perfect fit. I'm glad that you uh, that you said yes to this because it. You're 100% falling in line with what the show would have normally been any other day. This may have been what she was going to bring this week anyway. So, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I've had this conversation with Patrick in the past, but I, when Lauren brings things, I like when she brings the magicians, like that does not interest me at all. I that wish, goes on his list. Yeah, that goes on my list. <laughs> um, 
and like I find even sometimes I don't I don't necessarily mesh with like what what Lauren's throwing throwing out there, but then she'll throw out like this random thing. I'm like, oh man, I love that. I like I probably get we speak the same language and that's, then that's exactly that's exactly me and i think i say it at least every other week where i say another time where lauren brought something that i thought was crazy i watched it and loved it and watched the entire season so as much as i give her a hard time about that <laughs> on air and off air she does usually have good taste yeah, so <sighs> okay were you bringing the other thing as well I can, yeah, I can bring it. I'll go quickly through this. Um, nobody else can see what's on the camera, but um, I. It's good that you're going to bring a second thing because I realized that I talked about my category in my around the table. So you, <laughs> you're you're good. Who, you you take my the, spot. Who's the so professional you're, yeah. now? Yeah. You're, you're jumping in for Andrew right now. Yes. So this yeah. is sure. Andrew's category uh, yeah. as presented by Blake. As presented by Blake. <laughs> so another video game thing, but this is not specifically the game. Um, I don't know. Have you guys played the game Cuphead yet? Yes. I have seen it played. Yeah. So Cuphead, um, unbelievable show, kind of, or uh, I guess going to be a show soon, but yeah. unbelievable video game that kind of harkens back to the old like Max Fleischer cartoons. Um, it's just... I love the style so much. It's that kind of rubber hose body cartoons that are repeating the same animation over and over. And I know it's like a archaic kind of animation, but there's something about it that is just so lively and cool and the characters are interesting. So I decided to buy the art book and the thing with the art book, like most art books, especially for video games are fairly thin. Um, you get a bit of like scenery and art styles, like a little bit of environmental art. But the thing about this is like, you get almost everything out of it. Like every page is like thumbnail city of like every iteration of the characters that they had. Um, they do all like everything's hand painted, um, all of the backgrounds. And there's like little kind of snippets about how they did everything or, oh, this is actually a good example. So like they're creating this little light bulb character and they have every thumbnail of the iterations that they went through. And I love how they're like just these little small ideas. Most art books don't really go to that depth. Like there's probably, I don't know, two dozen but, of the same iteration or like slight modifications on the iteration, yeah. but they're still different characters. It's very cool Do you cool think the see. difference maybe is because most video game, they don't, they're not traditional animation. So these each get 24 frames per second that they're doing this. So these aren't normal sprites or just character models. They're actual animations that are then applied to the, you know what I mean? So there's like a bit where this is more like a, an animated film book with the added component that it's a video game, you know? Yeah. I, I, I guess so. But I think it even goes like deeper. Like I have, I was actually debating on bringing like the art of Zootopia, which is a phenomenal oh, book yeah. as well. I've got but, that over here. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, but even with that, I still feel like the iterations are not at this level. And sure. maybe it's because um, as somebody who loves to draw cartoon characters and all that, to see the subtle nuances and where they ended up is just so interesting. Maybe it, it's overkill, but for me, it's exactly what I wanted to see. And then there's just such interesting, like, this is just for formations of rocks they, they wanted to do. And like, these are different components in the game, but it's the just book, so neat to see. Is the this book printed? It looks like it's like printed on like this creamy paper. Is it, does it yeah. have a, like a retro feel to it as well? The book? Oh yeah. Every, everything about it just 
there yeah each paper isn't necessarily like white it does have a little bit of like a yellowed cream to I it i love that a good yellow I, I love that attention to a good yellowed cream yes. <laughs> you know <laughs> um i forget i can't find it right now but there was a um i guess a process shot of like one of the levels they actually made a 3d i guess scene mm-hmm. and they they built it out of like clay and foam or whatever and they put it on like a lazy susan and the the world is kind of spinning constantly in the background they have a whole scene in how they did that because then well, they animated awesome. on top of that um yeah and to it's get just, the perspectives right but still feel the they yeah. still have that like retro uh, exactly. animation vibe that's awesome you pointed out all the additional iterations and i was just going to say that from my standpoint it's it's one thing to see the end product but to fill in the gaps of well how do you start from nothing and then have this so to see so many iterations and to to really understand okay this is what you know number one of conceptualizing a new character looks like and this is what number four looks like and this mm-hmm. is what number 10 looks like to you really get a sense of uh of how like you know it, it's the whole like eating an elephant one bite at a time you really get a sense of, yeah. of what it actually takes to end up at that final place i feel like oh. that's super and I, helpful and for i appreciate people. that from an as an artist from an exactly, artist perspective, yeah. because some of these books, like you're saying, like Zootopia is great, is a great example. I also oh, have great. The Art of Kubo, which is great. Oh, and you I do see that. kind of like stage one, stage seven, stage 15. And they're almost like keeping these special photos like in the vault somewhere. And this is saying, here, here's all of our cards on the table. Here's from mm-hmm. A to Z and every step in between. Because they are <laughs> an artist. Uh, as well, whoever's putting this book together, and they're saying, "Hey, we want to give this information out uh, to it to everyone." I I I appreciate that. I really want that book on my shelf now. I didn't realize how big it was. Like, it's, yeah, it's that is it's a chunky much, book, like much bigger than I I thought it was going to be. And Patrick like, again, can't even lift that book. No, Patrick, you not not for you. <laughs> no, you can't you can't lift that book. Um, no, that's uh, but it, that's it's definitely. I think I bought it. Uh, it's fairly reasonably priced, and it goes on sale like regularly because I pretty sure they're selling a ton of copies of it um and one of my favorite like i love comic books but it's published by dark horse um oh, that's yeah and their their books have just been like killing it lately so i and i mean not comic books but they do some like really interesting like alternative art books as well yeah. so yeah, yeah awesome you did uh you did my category proud thank you when yeah, uh huh. i shot the wad early and so <laughs> you filled in the blanks for me right patrick yeah <laughs> you've been there before. what was su- supposed to be uh, a dry run, a dry run. <laughs> all right patrick then you're gonna take us home movies are a bit weird right now okay there's there's a lot going on in the industry frankly the the industry that that we knew we won't see that again for for another year and even when it does come back who knows if it's ever gonna look the way it did if we were to rewind back to january or, or end of last year so Movie industry is weird. Uh, we're on the verge of getting new releases. We'll actually get our first Hollywood release in theaters. Uh, it's slated for July 31st. And then we've got a couple on the calendar for next month. Of course, Tenet, and, uh, Tenet being the large one. Uh, that said, streaming platforms are stepping up. and Or I say stepping up. I mean, it's a, it's a monetary stream. There's not a lot of stepping up. It's more of capitalizing. <laughs> Um, are putting out the the big content right now. So we we've seen a a, a lot of, um. Well, 
I was going to say we've seen a lot of great content. That's not true. We've seen we've seen some content, some better than others, but I feel like we we finally uh, got a very very strong showing from the new Apple Plus or or Apple TV. What's it called? It's Apple Plus. Apple TV Plus. Apple, Apple Plus. TV Plus. They're yeah. just so good at naming. Uh, it's Apple They're TV <laughs> Plus Max Pro. They're awful. At oh, you got you got Max Pro? They, yeah. <laughs> They're almost as bad at, at uh, as Microsoft at naming things. It's terrible. Like the Xbox. Um. Anyway, they released Greyhound. Greyhound is the new uh, Tom Hanks vehicle. And it is... Uh, <laughs> and the... it's a bus. <laughs> it's it. not a bus, though. <laughs> the movie's a vehicle, but the Greyhound is not a bus. Uh, so it's uh, early in World War II, and it's uh, Tom Hanks uh, plays a Navy captain that is uh, leading a convoy uh, through this pass. And this is uh, kind of this area where uh, they're kind of most susceptible to uh, German U-boats. And so their ship's job is to go in and track down, you know, the, these U-boats and take care of them before they destroy uh, more or all whatever of the convoy. Uh, the the film takes place largely, you know, it's similar to if you watch kind of like a, a one setting, you know, TV show or one set. You know, we've had movies that take place completely in a phone booth or completely in an elevator. Uh, it's not quite that limited, but a lot of the environment you see is CG, and in the most yeah. most of the time, you're just right there. In uh, would that be the bridge where the the captain is and all the main kind of steering and controls? I believe that's the bridge. Yeah. So th- that's where the majority, you know, the ninety percent of the film takes place is in that area. The film is also very suspenseful, right? You're dealing largely with an unseen threat that every now and then might ping a piece of equipment, but otherwise it's this thing that could sink you at any moment and you know it's out there and you know there's a lot of them out there, but where are they right now? Very, very fascinating. I I found myself to be very captivated um, uh, and to really feel a bit of the, the stress of the situation. Now, I don't think they did as good of a job building suspense as some other movies I've been in. You know, it wasn't the most on the edge of my seat experience that I've had. But the performances were all very competent. And Tom Hanks was just stellar as usual. Uh, It's also, even though it's a very gray film, I thought it was a very pretty film in recreating with a, a pretty high amount of fidelity what that experience would have looked and felt like. So it's actually, the interiors are shot on an actual ship. This is not a a soundstage somewhere. This was actually filmed on a ship. Uh, And in fact, it's the last ship of its kind that that still exists. And um, and it has been uh, mostly restored, actually, by pooling equipment from other ships that were either being, um, you know, kind of uh, decommissioned or or damaged or whatever. Uh, So... All of that stuff you're seeing feels very, very accu- accurate. Now, I know... Yes, Andrew. Uh, so, go on with what you were saying. Because I well, you may I, be getting ready to address what I was going to ask. Well, so... I a, I'm, I don't... So, Tom Hanks' figure is not an actual figure from the war. And I know that there are historians that are going to point out, well, this isn't really accurate, this isn't really accurate, this isn't really, ac- really accurate. But I have heard a lot of people comment um, that... Even with some of the historical inaccuracies there are, you know, a lot of times with Hollywood, with films, what we see is that you take 
all these pieces of the truth and you have to kind of fuse them into one thing that's more understandable. So you're more of trying to give a feeling as opposed to giving all the fact. And this movie does a great job at communicating that feeling. Uh, and it's interesting too, you know, it, it's, it's almost, so this is a, a thing for me. It's hard to imagine, okay, how does, how does someone actually act in that environment? I can't imagine sitting on a ship and there's this submarine out there that could just shoot a torpedo at me. And now I'm right. stuck in the water. Like everything's on fire. Like, again, you're on a ship. There, there isn't surviving if you go down. And, and so how do you, how do you feel any type of ability to act in that scenario that that's that sounds so paralyzing to try to imagine it but then when you see it in this form and you see that every person is responsible for a very small thing they do and all they do is just put their head down and do the thing they're responsible for and i i i love how it kind of gets rid of the fog of everything and you just get to see the machine run and and again i that's the part that i love the most about the movie so pull away the suspense pull away the action bits and that stuff is in there, but just getting to see the machine work roughly the way it would have worked. Totally fascinating. So I love the movie. I, I walked away. Uh, I, I'm planning on watching it again this week. I thought it was a great film. And, and for sure, if, if you, especially if you like war films, go see the movie. It, it's awesome. So question two, a couple questions. One, what's what number would you give it? How would you rate this movie? Cause we're, this is a new film, so you need, we get the opportunity to yeah. rate a new film. Uh, I mean, it? it's an it's an eight out of ten for me. Cool. Okay. So there there were a couple of there were a couple of things that, um, you know, there were some moments where like the CGI I felt like didn't quite live up to some of the the other bits that were going on. So some of the fidelity didn't match, and again, it didn't quite bring the level of suspense I think it was supposed to. You know, it's got a it's some of the near misses are a bit too close like you know like the bit too hollywood not yeah. saying that stuff didn't happen but you know potentially you're taking these stories that happen all across the years of the war and you're trying to cram like eight near yeah. misses into like one evening and yeah. it's uh, so those are the things that keep it from being like a higher score for me but i think uh, eight is still a pretty high score That's seven and a half score. eight Great, yeah. Oh, if we wait, if we wait around a few more minutes, you're gonna get down to five. <laughs> you should start dropping back as you explain it more. The it's, um. Sorry, what, I just what? want. I'm curious because I know Patrick usually digs into this kind of stuff, but is this like Apple's first big so, movie production? This isn't Apple's movie production, and that's what I was gonna ask you about, oh. Patrick. Tom Hanks. Which side note, I found out this week that he's referred to as America's dad, and I love that oh, yeah. title for him. Yeah. Um, but Tom Hanks has gone on record as saying that he's he's disappointed and heart his I think his actual phrasing was heartbroken that this get ended up getting a streaming release as opposed to a theatrical release because initially it wasn't intended it was intended to get a theatrical release. So uh. I so let me let me answer Blake's question. This is not their first big film. In fact, I would say I believe the the banker or the bank whatever it's called. I believe that would have been their first big film. Okay. Um, I, I would have to go back and like look at the chronology of it. But what's when I finished this film, I then started watching that other film and, and frankly, like, yeah, it but it is exclusive to Apple. But, so but I thought is. that, that was... one is, that one is exclusive, like made for Apple released on the platform. Now this film, um, I believe is an Apple exclusive, but you're, but whether or not, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. It's what we see now. Amazon produces films and mm-hmm. they still do a theatrical run before they go to Prime. Net- Netflix has films that, well, actually, they've now bought a theater specifically to yeah. run theatrical so they runs. they be in the running, yeah. Exactly. So studios like this will still develop films and still plan a theatrical run. I don't know what this was intended for. So if you're saying that, Andrew, I believe you. I mean, I read I there. Yeah, there yeah. was a there was an article that I read that was credited. I saw several sources um, pointing back to to this idea that uh, he's he he wishes it had gotten the the original run that it was supposed to get. So it, it leads me to believe that this was maybe a property that got sold to Apple Um with the understanding that they would get exclusivity to distribution, but it wasn't developed by Apple. Like Apple mm, didn't yeah. set out to, to come to do this like they did with the morning show or with yes. the banker. Like those were like Apple. They were, they were conceived and brought and, to fruition through Apple. That I don't think that's the case with this movie. And that being said, I'm sure they paid like a pretty penny for it. Considering, especially uh, I, I assume it's probably the deal was done before we knew any of this was happening. Oh, absolutely. That being, yeah. that being yeah. said, like I, the amount of money and, that was probably exchanged to be yeah. the exclusive. Sir Thomas Hanks. Yes. The, uh, the yeah. Hanks. Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, it's crazy. this for those that don't know, Tom Hanks also did the screenplay for this film. Ah. So it is it is based on a book. So the difference would be the screenplay would be you're you're taking the material and you're adapting it to work on a screen. That, that's the idea of what what a, a someone that writes a screenplay does is they're just uh, adapting it to make sense for for that uh, medium. So Tom Hanks is the sole credit for screenplay on this film, and then of course he's also acting in it as well. Yeah. Um. But w- which would make sense why he's so deeply tied to it. Yeah. Uh, because he was heavily involved in uh. The creation get of it. made yeah, that's, yeah exactly that's great um so yeah don't don't hesitate watch the film again i i really enjoyed it and for the films that i've seen come through tv plus as like exclusives uh this is by far my favorite that i've seen so great that's good to hear is that it did we do it man finally like a second under the wire i think uh we we managed to do it so um, Blake, thanks again for, for filling in for us. We know it was a little bit of a last minute deal, but you, you delivered in a big way. Um, as you always do go find Blake's stuff. We talk about him all the time, but jetpacks and roller skates is the moniker that you're going to search for. Um, you've seen his work. If you've seen Patrick's website, or if you've seen some of the stuff that we've done in the past, you did our first M of one shirt. Um, I always hold forget on to about shirt. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um that was a that was a fun project, especially like early on, because I know I was just a huge fan of the show like very early on, and have it's yeah like I know that I don't talk to you guys all the time. I talk to Patrick quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but it's it does feel like uh kind of you are that entertainment, but also like it's it's I don't get to see my friends as much anymore. So it's like <laughs> sure. oh I yeah. get to have my friends in my ears, and we're hey, all listening. And yeah, that's what that's it's, what we're here uh, for. It's pretty awesome. So. Bringing friendship to the ear holes. That's oh. our new. Uh, that's our new. Our new yeah. slogan, right, Patrick? The cool yes. breeze of a ceiling fan, but in your ears. Um, we. Uh, <laughs> uh, like this is. These are gems. You can take them back out. You have these for free. Um, you can out, use them man. in your day to day life. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for 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 joining us and go check out Blake's stuff. It's it's fantastic. Go buy a sticker or two of the the cute little Sasquatch that he made for Patrick and then go hit to his website and buy stuff. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, but I think we're going to get out of this episode, right, Patrick? 
Absolutely. Hit up mof1.network for show notes to, and links to all the stuff we talked about in this episode. And we talked about several things. And again, there's some stuff dropping today. If you want to pick up that Mickey figure, go now. Um, there will be a link to it in the show notes. And uh, a bunch of stuff to watch, a bunch of stuff to play, um, lots of stuff. So hit up those show notes. Uh, go to iTunes and drop a rating and a review. That's super helpful to us. It doesn't cost you any money, but it's very helpful to us. So go ahead and do that. You can also support the show on Patreon for 2 4 or $6. That money is going to go to um, getting Blake new audio equipment um, or whoever sits in for week. Blake next yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to upgrade Lauren's audio equipment and that's going to help us get there. You can support the show that way. It's super helpful. Um, and, uh, what else is there? Um, buy that pin, man. Oh yeah. Buy the pin, especially while it's still on pre-order, uh, get it, get it now because, um, once we hit 50, they're gone. And if you miss it, if you miss the pre-order, then you don't get the fun extra stuff. So, um, go hit up the, hit up M of one.network to buy that pin. And, um, I think that's everything. If I missed yeah. it, you you know, just hit it. Just hit up. Oh, social media. We're M of One Podcast everywhere. Hang out with us there, and hang out with us on Slack. Blake's on Slack. Go to uh, M of slash Slack and join the conversation. We're gonna get out of this episode though. I'm Andrew. I'm Blake. I'm Patrick. Peace out. Yippee <laughs> <laughs>